0: It's four o'clock in Los Angeles, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo, baby! <laughs> this week, starring special guest star, Mr. Keith LeBrant.
1: <laughs> yeah. Woo-hoo.
0: Man, that audience is hopped up and raring to go. And thank you, fake band. Thank you, fake audience. And welcome, Keith. How are you, What's buddy? happening, Michael? How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, let me bring down the volume a little bit there. Okay, so just so everybody knows, obviously we're doing this remote. Keith is not sitting across the desk from me here in California. I'm in I'm in his closet right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm not gonna touch that. <laughs> I am so not gonna touch that. <laughs> um, where are you actually? Tell everybody what state you're in.
1: I am in New Jersey. So yeah. it's uh, Southern New Jersey. It's about 20 minutes from Philadelphia. Ah, what
0: exit? <laughs> <laughs> only people who live well people who were old enough to remember fire sign theater and live in new jersey know the what exit joke but okay I'm not, not going to spend our valuable time on that <laughs> um and keith and i've become good friends over the years i've known you i don't know for at least 10 years now probably yeah, probably okay.
1: 2007 probably yeah wow
0: yeah. um so Congratulations, I mean, he hit a milestone. I saw it on our forum, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. His milestone is that he's had his music placed in 750 TV shows. That's a huge deal. What makes it even more amazing is that Keith actually has a family. He's got a wife and a daughter, and he's got a day job. Uh, And yet, in his so-called spare time, uh he's managed to make enough music and the right kind of music 750 tv shows how do you feel about that
1: it's very cool um every once in a while i gotta stop and think about that you know um how fortunate i am and we are to, to be able to do stuff like that and like you said a guy from south jersey you know uh doing something like that is pretty pretty darn cool
0: it's uh Well, actually, I've got questions, so I'm going to try and follow them today. I'm going to be a good host. So (laughs) I'm sure that every person who watches this episode is thinking, oh, and I forgot to say hello to everybody in the chat room. We'll do that in a second. But everybody who's going to watch this, whether it's the live show today or the archive version in the days that follow, uh, they're probably wondering, geez, how did he do that? So, you know, could you kind of give the short version now, and then we'll elaborate with all the questions I'm going to ask you during the episode?
1: Uh, well I actually started um, with i started playing original music uh, in bands and stuff like that and as you get older, you know they want you to start filling out a club at Wednesday nights at twelve thirty and a m and you know as you get older, all your friends are asleep by then so you needed to kind of pivot to something else and music licensing was the was a a nice option actually, my wife suggested that at the time
0: wow she's pretty- like the perfect wife
1: <laughs> <laughs> she is. <laughs> So we started doing that, and I started researching online, and um, I did actually get a couple, you know, licenses through like MTV shows by myself, but it was not any- anywhere near, you know, a good quantity. Uh, and then I uh, wound up looking. At, I think that's the first time I talked to you about Taxi, joining Taxi, stuff like that. And uh, as soon as I. Not to not the kiss butt, but as soon as I joined Taxi, like, oh, <laughs> that's all right. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I won't stop. You.
1: All the all the doors kind of opened up, and that's how like, you know I was able to get the publishing uh, connections and, and get the music on on television. So. I got you to thank.
0: <laughs> well, you know, obviously you had a little something to do with it, Marco. I mean, you're the one making the music, and yeah. uh, we'll get into, you know, what kind of music you make and how you make it and how much of it you make and all that kind of stuff in a minute. Let's say hello to our mutual friends in the chat room. We've got Lamar Franklin, Dave Zimmer, Kyle Sutton, musician's friend too. Um, let's see, Marion Laird, Carrie Kennard, and House. Hi, Hi, Ann uh robbie hancock piano guitar voice lessons john pearson charles wilson anyway uh hello to all you guys in the chat room good to hello. see you <laughs> many of these folks for those who are watching the show uh the archives later who are, who aren't taxi members um keith comes to our convention the road rally every year and he's also spent a fair amount of time in the, in the uh, taxi forums over the year so years, so he knows a lot of these people already. So it's just one big happy family. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to turn it into a cult, but so far <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been successful, but we're trying, damn it. Um, anyway, let's get back to the questions. Um, so how long have you been doing this now?
1: Uh, well, I started, I was looking this up the other day. I started in two, around 2004, and then I joined Taxi at 2007. So, I've been really kind of doing it seriously, 2007, uh, to, to try to do it. Okay, know, so make, for th- make...
0: 13 years, um, yeah. you know, our members, uh, some of our old, uh, old-time, old well-seasoned members um, came up with the phrase, it might have been Matt Hurt that coined this phrase years ago, the five-year plan. Yeah. Uh, and we talk about it from time to time at the Road Rally. We talk about it uh, on, on the forum, on Taxi TV. So... Would you the five year plan basically is our older wiser members saying, Don't be foolish enough to think that you can start pitching music for film right. and T V and like, you know, a month later or six months later or a yep. year later you're gonna start making any substantial money. Was five years give or take about how long it took you to start I was,
1: I was looking at that and I was uh I was making it took me about two years after joining Taxi to um uh, make, you know, pretty decent quarterly pay uh, royalties but then around the seven-year mark for me the six or seven year mark that's when it really things started cooking for me as far as you know making money with the music and stuff like that right so yeah it's and one of the biggest things I think is staying in the game you know you see so many people like you're saying I, I want to record music okay and then after four months they're like ah this it's not working well you know <laughs> you have 14 pieces of music and you're not gonna make a lot of money with that so it's it's the you know, it's, it's the line, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So the longer yeah. you're in, you know, the more music you make, and then it starts to matriculate, and then you got your 401k.
0: <laughs> it is a 401k, you know? Um, frankly, I wish I had a 401k that would perform as well as instrument. Well, not just instrumental, but music for film and TV, it really is because it's cumulative. It builds yeah. up over the years. It's crazy. And,
1: like, yeah. I, plot, I plotted it out, I think... Around 2013, an Excel sheet, how much money I was making. And it was just amazing to see the growth because you don't really realize it. You know, you're sitting there, you're making music, and, and, you know, you don't really see, you don't realize what you've done and, and now what you're making. And uh, now I can compare it to what I'm making now. And it's, it's amazing to watch. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. So, you know, you're doing something you love, you're making music, and you're also making money with it. So it's very fortunate.
0: <laughs> Over the weekend, uh, I was here at the office on Saturday uh, doing some businessy stuff, and a friend of mine came over that I know knows you pretty well now. um, And he's relatively new, like a couple of years into um, doing instrumental cues. He used to do a lot of songs for film and TV and had some good placements and was making some money. And then I showed him the instrumental cue thing and he went all right Did was your income steadily rising or did you ever have like a serpentine curve that ultimately was yeah. always heading Every
1: once in a while there'll be a bump in a road like the first thing i learned was never to never to think that it's going to always go up you know it's just you're going to have the bumps in the road and it's to be expected but it's almost like investing you know you look long term
0: yeah um it's hard for people to do because uh, with investing, you put the money, if you're doing a long-term, you know, let's say, uh, you know, you bought Apple stock 20 years ago and you just, like, I bought it, forget it. I know it's going to go up because, like, I'm working, I'm working. But, yeah, Yeah. it's not going up as fast as you would think or I would think because I'm working, working, working. But then at some point, it seems to, uh, what's the word, Uh, not gain traction, but... um, Gains momentum. Yes. Um, yep. And you found yeah. that to be true as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Once once I start charting everything out, you could definitely see it. So.
0: And you are Mister Chart, aren't you? What tell everybody <laughs> what your
1: what your day gig is. I'm a computer programmer for a uh, like a lens optical company. So they supply glasses for like BJs, JCPenney, Sears, and all that.
0: Okay. So yeah, you're you're used to uh, working with uh, like wireframing stuff or uh you know laying out spreadsheets
1: yeah i mean it's basically there's a lot of uh, custom programming needs to be done because there's just no off-the-shelf programs for optical you know so it's something that we do right
0: well that's cool yeah um i'm sure that uh whatever part of your brain that has made you successful at being a techie has probably also been really valuable as far as keeping you organized um, in, in your musical endeavors, not just kind of, yeah. you know, oh, man, I feel kind of groovy today. Maybe I'll sit down and create a piece of music.
1: <laughs> yeah, it helps. You know, even with the the website design, you know, back when you're trying to make a website, you know, you're, you're, that technical side of things are, is, a, is a blessing, too. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Did you want to be a rock star? You know, I mean, when you were at some point, don't we all? Don't don't uh, we all? I never did. Actually, I'm that weird guy that I looked at the Beatles and I wanted to be Jeff Emmerich or George
1: Martin. Literally,
0: at nine years old, I knew I wanted to be the guy bossing them around rather than the guy standing (laughs) on stage. That's
1: pretty cool. I've never, I mean, usually you start music because that's, you know, that you see a rock star and you want to be like that. I did. So I started. You know, had the had the long hair back in the uh, I guess late '80s, probably.
0: Wow, do you yeah. have any pictures of that laying
1: around? Oh, uh, I do, I do.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, now that you could hold up to the
1: camera. Oh no, not now, no, no. <laughs> I don't want that in YouTube eternity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I want to see a picture of you with long hair. That's <laughs> funny. Bit.
1: But you started out. I mean, I was and he wrote music for the band, um, original music, and I kind of cut my chops that way, uh, and it kind of helped me to where I am now. So
0: um what kind of music were you doing in that band
1: it's like kind of bon jovi-ish pop rock kind of all right yeah Yeah. but it was uh it was it was fun but that was kind of one of the biggest mistakes when i started doing music for tv i was making like i was making these mini songs you know i was like uh here's a verse here's a chorus here's a bridge you know and and in a compact two minute form right right now that we know uh you know, either you do like a, an A section, maybe a B section, at, you know, at the most go back to your A. So I was making these like mini epic songs. And uh, that was the first thing I realized, you know, going into this business was that you don't need all that, you know. And just to actually kind of dumb it down a little bit, uh, not be so complicated with your music. Because you know, I, I, everyone as a musician, they want their stuff to shine and, you know, show off different aspects and check out this. But r- you really don't need it, you know?
0: Uh, with our mutual friend on Saturday, I was because he's a real craftsperson. He's very meticulous. He's very picky. I'm sure everything he does, uh, he takes it to a level that probably surpasses where it needs to go. I said to him, look, many of my friends in the business, you being one of them, have told me that remarkably, many of the placements they've had have been like the alt mixes or the stripped down mixes that yeah. you can just yeah. be- like bass drums and guitar you know that the more sophisticated more fleshed out versions yeah often don't make it um on the air. You so you've found that to be true totally. As
1: well? totally yeah yeah you're spending all this time on you know frilly stuff and they're like here's the bass drum mix <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i remember years ago pretty early in your taxi trajectory didn't you have music i want to say in a matchbox
1: commercial yeah it was um uh what was it hot wheels hot wheels commercial. Hot wheels okay yeah Oh, yeah. pretty close i can't cool.
0: believe i remember that all these years later yeah. um, it, was funny.
1: it was the first time i really had a shot at a commercial and it went through all these iterations and then there was like a you know the, uh, we're gonna show it to a bunch of six-year-olds and see how that goes you know and, and you're going you know so you're on pins and needles you make a couple edits you know and then it, and it worked out and so, and, the, and the publisher at the time said it's not always like this, <laughs> because it was my first time. <laughs> I'm like, this is great, you know? <laughs> now but, that
0: you've got your own kid, who, who at the time you didn't have yeah. Olivia, um, how old is she now?
1: She's seven, yeah.
0: Okay, so can you imagine a room full of Olivia's determining the <laughs> fate? I mean, yeah, obviously they needed to be relatable for that demographic, yeah. but still yep. scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like i wish it was more pop driven like what you're seven (laughs) right
0: (laughs) exactly well from her living with you and you know watching i know she watches taxi tv every now and then i've seen pictures of that um she would probably make a statement like that probably be on the money
1: (laughs) (laughs) and if i'm not mistaken a mutual friend of ours brother sings maybe either sing sings or wrote the paw patrol theme which she watches all the time
0: you're kidding Mm mm-hmm Oh, you've got to tell me who that is. Not in the show necessarily, but uh, because, yeah, I've got uh, a grandson, two grandsons in Orlando that watch Paw Patrol. (laughs) Uh, And probably we have a granddaughter here in LA. So, yeah, I mean, they'll think that I'm really cool if I know that guy. You're hip. Because generally speaking, I can tell they don't think I'm that cool. Um, So what were some of your earliest, like, aha moments or things that you went oh uh other than you know the the two minute song yeah. d- going by the wayside was a good example or were there others
1: well that that was the bit that was really big because i was doing that a lot in the very beginning and um you know weren't seeing i wasn't really seeing the results you know I, I, as far as i'm doing now the other aha moment uh i guess was i still remember to this day it was the first listing i just joined taxi i'm like all right you know i got this i was like Piano solo piano. I'm like Psh, solo piano. I got this right. You know, I, I know you know all the white keys. I can play that. You know. <laughs> so I started playing uh, you know anything in the key of C that could help me out. And uh, I submitted like five listings, you know, or five pieces of music. All got rejected, you know. And um, because I'm not the best piano player, like, but in your mind you see solo piano. You're like, oh, I can do that. You know, like uh, island cues. Yeah, I can do island cues. i have been the Jamaica. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it, right? But that was the biggest thing I learned too: is to read the listing. I know you talked about that. I think last week is read the listing and make sure it's you have a focused, you know, outlook of what needs to be done for that song instead of going, oh, yeah, I I I can play pop rock, you know. It's like, well, what kind of pop rock is it, and are you good at it, you know? So that was a big one. Uh, and the other thing was just not getting too complicated with with things. Like I'm a I'm a guitarist. Uh, that was like my that's my main instrument. So I didn't want, it. in the beginning, I was kind of featuring the guitar and really that, that kind of gets in the way of dialogue, you know, as far as writing stuff. So when you're writing melodies, if, if you're writing melodies, make it very simple, you know, not too high on the on the registry. That way it doesn't get in, in the way and just very simplistic. And you know, that's, I, I tell everybody at the rally that I talk to, it's just like, just, just kind of dumb it down. You know, no one's here to, you're not getting, you're not getting judged for the music that it's not good enough, even though you think you're awesome, you know, you're not going to get points off, you're still going to make money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's such an interesting and true statement because, like, I get it, you know, runners want to be the fastest runner. Um, Fine artists want to be the best painter that draws the biggest audience. People want to be loved for what they create. Uh, They want their, their work to be loved as well, which is an extension of them. So... I worry that people think, oh, you know, there's that guy Keith on Taxi TV talking about dumbing it down. But in the end, uh, you've probably heard me say this at the road rally. "There's You can paint houses by day to earn a living yeah. and supports your exactly. um, nighttime endeavors, which is creating yeah. your grand opus. So, okay, so you're dumbing it. I'll tell it. you what. What? Go ahead.
1: I'll t- tell you what I do is about it. It seems like every seven years I write an original CD. Because oh, I just, there you go. You know, it's like sometimes you got to recharge that side of things, you know, because when I started playing music, I wrote songs for myself, you know, and about things, you know, and it wasn't about TV. So that side of me kind of, you know, the the, uh, the well gets a little empty, and it's, it seems like every six or seven years I'll just, you know, write something and record it, and then, then I'm good, you know. So i got to get some stuff out as far as the original side. But you can do – there's no one saying that you can't do both, right? I mean, you, you yeah. can't just – just because you're doing music for television doesn't mean you can't do the other thing.
0: And dumbing it down, you know, it's probably an overused phrase. I mean, there's an art form, uh, instrumental cues in particular that you might see used a lot, you know, like 75 to a hundred of them in any given hour of reality TV. Um, Anybody that under, it's like country music. People think country music is dumb because it's about girls and their Daisy Dukes and drinking beer with the boys out at the pond and riding around your pickup truck. And it's probably the best crafted yeah. songwriting you know on the planet Earth. Yeah. Well, same thing is true for instrumental cues that you've got to um, you have to know the drill. And, yeah, and it it takes work to create. It's not just playing an instrumental; it's, right. yeah. it's making the right kind of instrumental.
1: You're exactly right. It's how to start it, how to end it, where to put the edit points. Yeah, you know, which is another big thing. So it's not just you're exactly right. Not just dumbing down and playing three chords the entire time. It's creating ebbs and flows in the music, and and crescendos, and taking it down, and, and spots where an editor can go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it here. Having a great ending, having a great intro, you know. So it's those things that that will help you get the music placed, also.
0: Uh, let's talk about edit points for a second. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, for people who are watching the show that might not know, an edit point is for an editor, a video editor, who very often, especially in the case of reality TV, is the person who's selecting the music uh, right. and laying it in the show. And so they're looking for good ways to cut in and out of that music to make it line up with the video edits that they're doing. So are you a fan of doing edit points that are just like you know, snare beats or kick beats or a guitar no. chunk or something that's editable, um, something oh, yeah, that's yeah. easy to cut on, or do you go as far as having a rest so that there's actually a little gap between sections, right. or do you do I, both?
1: I kind of do both. You know, there there might be a time where in that piece I'll have a rest where they can kind of start a new section, and there might be maybe another spot in there where I'll do like a little break, you know, and, and bring it up with the... You know drum fill or something like that so there's maybe two other points in there that that they can choose from um really depends on the piece and how long it is as far as what i do but i try to mix it up you know i'm not a fan of just one or the other
0: earlier you mentioned that there's a kind of a, a science to the art of creating cues that it's not like songs and it's primarily an a section Um, our mutual friend that was here with me on Saturday said, you know, Michael, a couple of years ago, uh, you and I went out to dinner and you gave me the advice of like a really short intro. I said, no, I said short or no intro. It can be either or. What they don't want is 15 seconds or 35 seconds of intro. Um, And he said that he's done a lot of studying of, of the genre of instrumental cues and noticed that the stuff getting used most frequently has no intro at all. It might mm-hmm. just have a drum turn or something that starts it out. Um, and he said that he doesn't necessarily 100% subscribe to my theory where you start out with it, uh, kind of strip down for 16 bars, then up the Roll instrumentation up, yeah. and everything, you know, and then drop it back down, you know, for like a middle eight or middle 16. That's essentially kind of like a bridge and then start building it back up, crescendo mm-hmm. it, and then... Hit it with a, a button or a stinger ending, and he said he's been um, making stuff that gets to the red meat, as it were, sooner. Right. Um, he's noticed that's a trend. Honestly, I haven't noticed that, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not of the opinion that he's wrong. I'm, I'm asking, right. for you, do you observe that uh, people are becoming less impatient and they want the red meat arrived at sooner than later?
1: To tell you the truth, I really. Uh, well i have a couple of publishers that really kind of dictate what how they like it you oh, know? okay so, so you kind of follow their their guidelines on the other sense i just kind of i really let the music dictate what i'm going to do you know so if it's a if it's a hard rock piece you know I'll, I'll usually just do a a drum fill and then let's let's do it and let's go you know but if it's something that kind of is more of a, a inspirational piece or or uplifting you know and then maybe you build it up uh to get back to his question is, is also what music is he listening to? If he's listening to it on a television show, maybe that editor has already edited, right? So they they took out you know the parts and they got to the you know. See, you never know. Right. It, that that one panel that you had, um I forget her name, but when she was putting the music in in the, into the uh, television show, oh,
0: I love that. That was one of my favorite things was- in twenty three years of the road rally. Laurel Ostrander was her name. Yes, and the like- when that and the Fleetwood
2: Mac one.
0: <laughs> I'm working but, yeah. on working on getting the Bee Gees producers to do a Fleetwood Mac style thing with the Bee Gees this coming year. Awesome. They've already be- said yes, uh, but nice. it's working out the dates and everything. Anyway,
1: sorry. That, that was um, great. But thanks. just seeing her do that was amazing. Like you don't even realize that the craftsmanship that they have, you know, like uh, putting all that stuff together. So that's why I kind of said, who knows what that musical piece started out with? Because you look. At what she did you know she's almost a musician herself the, the way she placed it and all music supervisors are right so you don't really know and i wouldn't i wouldn't sweat that detail me personally like i would just kind of make you know a couple different versions and and if you start out with uh a, a piece that maybe builds maybe do an alt that has more of the red meat that you're saying right that, that yeah. starts to, to the meat who knows you know but I, I i wouldn't get caught up in those me myself personally i think
0: that's great advice because i think a lot of people our mutual friend included may be overthinking it because they're looking for any rhyme or reason especially him because he had two quarters in a row where the income went down so he's like freaking out But (laughs) uh, i I think your advice is very well taken then just go for what feels good and sounds musical and it'll probably lead you down the right path um so what I know you're primarily a guitar player, but you do play keys and you're pretty sophisticated, I'm thinking, in your studio chops. What uh, what genres do you work in most of the time and are those genres dictated by the needs of the industry or by what you're
1: proficient at? Uh, Well, I I usually do anything that's guitar centric. So um, my main instrument is guitar. Uh, Mainly do a lot of pop and rock. St- side of things uh, not too much on the electronic side um, I've done you know mashups with guitar and electronic stuff but my main bread and butter will be rock uh, pop and rock and I guess with your second question and the publisher usually kind of will say hey I need something garage rock like so-and-so or I need something pop rock uplifting like so-and-so you know so I kind of use those guidelines I rarely just write uh, unless well, no. Still, a publisher would say, "I need an album's worth of this, right?" So it's I'm I'm not usually writing just to write something. I usually have guidelines, and I'm blessed with the ability to do that, right? So it's not like I'm just writing something to go into a shelf and like I have the ability. Where a publisher saying, "I need this for either show X or show Y," and and I usually it gets placed. So it's again another blessing where it's awesome. <laughs>
0: I like the fact that you count your blessings. Uh, I I think it's important that people recognize that they're fortunate. And uh, most of my friends who are successful have that in common. I think it's it's a nice thing. It's not just things that people talk about, but they actually feel it.
1: Well, you think about all the people that are doing this, right? I mean, all the people that just in probably California alone, Los Angeles, you know, and all the big cities. So here's a guy in, in South Jersey who's, you know, Doing okay, you know. So it's it is a blessing.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you, you've carved your own path. I mean, some of it is the person you are, the personality that you have, the character that you know is wrapped up inside your yeah. your body or your brain. Uh, I think that all goes into the the formula. It's not just who's the best musician, who's the, yeah. who yeah. makes the best music? Doesn't matter as much as the whole package, you know, yeah. the work ethic and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your home studio because I think some people who are new to the, especially the instrumental side of the film and TV uh, game, might think oh yeah well i'm sure he's got a studio much more sophisticated than what i've got and, and you know he's probably got a room built inside of a room and no, no. Uh, i could never do any of that stuff so tell us about your studio yeah. which i think is sitting right behind you right
1: yeah it, it did shrink once our daughter came <laughs> <laughs> but uh i started out with a, a pro tools a windows machine um i usually use uh superior drums easy drummer something like that um for for drums, I got a MIDI controller, I don't know what it is, M-Audio, controls all the sounds, guitars, um, I usually have, I just bought a Kemper profiler, which is an amazing piece of gear.
0: Uh, Not to break your heart. What? uh, (laughs) 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 I was recently the recipient of a Moor, do you know Moor pedals? M-O-O-E. I heard you talking about this.
2: Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I keep watching reviews because now that I... They sent me one. They were very kind and they sent me one because um, I'm putting together a little home studio. That was my resolution for 2020 is to get back into doing something musical okay. rather than just running the company all the time. So um, I saw this thing and I saw videos on YouTube and guys that own Kempers are going, you know, this thing's like 98% of the Kemper and it's 400 bucks. Wow. So... I got one, and so far all I've done is plug my strat into it and just yeah. you know keep hitting buttons and listening to sound. <laughs> I, I swear it's like who needs a, a, an amp and a microphone? I'm sure the yeah. Kemper. I know the Kemper is beloved yeah. by all who own them, but it, it's but, a little depressing for a guy like me who loves mics and wires.
1: Well, and that's another thing that I needed to do, right? So when you have a baby a newborn or any like oh. they sleep right you know I have a Marshall half stack it'd be great to crank that up you know but it's just not doable it's not feasible so I needed to find something and uh, I, I was using a lot of there are a lot of good plug-in modelers I'll admit I um, I'm trying to think uh, STL just came out with one uh, uh, neural DSP it's an, another great one but I just needed something that I could record direct you know um, right Obviously, acoustic. I don't. I can't. You know, I'm. I'm going to mic that. I, I just bought a Slate uh, virtual microphone. Which, oh,
0: really? I'm very familiar with
1: that. Really oh. good. Like, wow. Uh, I'm thinking. All right. I got it on a stupid sale. I'm like, all right. I'll give it a shot. And it really, really is good. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised with that one. So it's it's basically what I have, and so I'm able to do a lot of stuff direct. And I'll work at night, um, which doesn't make really make a, a lot of noise at all. And then uh, yeah, so everything. What everything do you have
0: uh, for your monitors?
1: Uh, Adam, A7s. Oh, yeah. okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those get a lot of love. Um, yeah, Jonathan Kane from Journey, who was our keynote at the Road Rally. Uh, this past year, as you well know, yeah. um, I asked him what his favorite monitors were, and he said Genlex that the people at Genlex take great care of him. He's got a studio in Nashville and okay. uh, he's got one in his house as well in Florida. And he loves his Genlex, but he also mentioned that, that he loves his Atoms. Um, nice, yeah. yeah. And it's not infrequently that people tell me that. So that's
1: cool. Yeah, but, yeah I, I had like NS10s, and I just a lot of people can mix on them. I couldn't. I I, I know you have them in the back there. I, I couldn't get a, a, a feel for the low end. Like for some reason, and maybe that's because
0: it... there isn't. In
1: it. <laughs> but I mean, I found myself just guessing. Right? It's like eighty hertz. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so I, I, maybe if you started with it, but I just I, I couldn't do it. You know. So I needed to get something where I could feel it a little better. And uh, I had something else before that. And then when I got these, it was night and day. So I'm really happy with them.
0: In my control room in Florida back like in the late seventies to the early eighties, I had a pair of Uri eight thirteens, um, which were the first time aligned monitors is my big monitors. You know, that's what you crank up when the band comes back yeah, yeah. in the <laughs> control room, make their shirts all wiggle. And uh, then I had a pair of JBL forty three elevens that were mounted on stands just above the meter bridge. Uh, and I remember making the transition when I moved to New York um, going from JBL 4311s to the NS-10s going, where's the bottom? <laughs> I mean, there really isn't much
1: bottom. Um, now, did you have a, 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 like an issue mixing?
0: Uh, no, because ultimately you just get used to whatever you're using, right, uh, yeah. especially, you know, in that environment. And you listen to, you take your mixes out. I actually had a Sony Pro Walkman, which was an all metal heavy duty Walkman that cost yeah. like 500 bucks that Sony gave me like a million years ago. And the thing sounded better than a Nakamichi cassette deck. It really was just amazing. So I would check most of my mixes on that thing um, using a pair of like AKG foamy open ear headphones. So it took me about 90 days, I'd say, to get used to the NS-10s. But you're right, even here uh, in the office, I mean, they're not set up in any sort of acoustic environment. It's just for me listening to music late at night when I'm here and on weekends and stuff. But... um, yeah, the bottom—you just yeah. you guess until you find you zero in on where it is, and then you just stick with it. But, yeah, uh, yep. Uh, I I used to have a pair of baby Tannoy's that I loved. They sounded so good, but they sounded so pretty that your mixes never sounded right. as good on it. <laughs> and that's the theory at the NS10s is they sound like crap. So if you can make it sound good on the NS10s, it'll sound good anywhere. Sound good anywhere.
1: It will translate. Yep.
0: So, what's your recording process like? Um, what time of day do you typically work? Are you one of these early morning dudes who works before the family's up? Are you late at night?
1: I'm, a, I'm more of a night guy. So, you know, we'll make. I get home probably like five thirty. I'll do the dinner. You know, play with, play with live and and you know tub time and all that. And then once she's in bed, um, then usually I you know I'll start to do something here, which like 10. You know, um, before I. I mean I'll tell you this yeah one of the biggest mistakes if you're talking about life lessons is when I first started um, definitely burning the candle at both ends like this is before I had you know my daughter and it was uh you kind of almost got to take a look back and also remember that you have to enjoy your life too you know like you're stuck in a studio and you want to do this you know so bad but then you look back and and you're wasting your life not wasting your life but you know you're getting older and, and you haven't you know enjoyed life period so it, 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 there's a definite mix and a balance that you have to have i think you know
2: yeah
1: th- to do that so um what i'll do is you know make sure that you know the, the daddy time's in there and then and then nighttime like it's kind of my time um and then we'll i'll, I'll probably record maybe until 12 um uh, you know, it really depends on the project. If I have something that's, you know, tight deadlines and stuff like that, I'll obviously put the pedal to the metal. But, you know, if I'm working on an album compilation or something that doesn't have a hard deadline, I'll try to go to like 12 and, you know, and just make it a a nice pace. You know, so I'm not, you know, burning the candle at both ends. So
0: I'm going to ask you something, and I need you to be honest. But not yes. that you've ever been dishonest with me, but how many times have you crawled into bed and said good night, honey, and you snuggle up to your wife, and you go, "Oh crap, I should have done this," or "I forgot that kind of you know alt mix," or "Oh, if I did this." Have you ever gotten well, back out of bed?
1: My, when I first started, uh, my first two years with taxi, I was just I was just always gunning it, and there was times would be like. You know i forgot that alt mix like because you're still learning the whole system yeah you know, so you run down and and get it but not not these days if i'm if i'm in bed i'm, I'm sleeping <laughs>
0: good <laughs> you're a better man than I. I i i keep like a little audio recorder in my nightstand drawer and post-it notes nothing yep. freaks me out worse than looking for a stack of post-it notes in my nightstand drawer at like two in the morning and, <laughs> and when i can't find it um so is your methodology for working, uh, are you like a start out with the drums kind of guy? You know, yeah. what to, what order do you do stuff in?
1: So it, it's funny because I never really sit down and work it out on guitar first, which you think you would, and, you know, you'd say, okay, I'm going to get this guitar. I'll just kind of, you know, usually just have an, okay. It's a, let's say a garage rock track. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly the sound I want for some reason, I'm very drum centric. Like I should have been a drummer, I guess in my past life. I'm very like, uh, so I'll, I'll know the kind of tones I want for the drums and I'll just kind of mess around with some drum beats, find something that's cool. And then maybe just riff over it at that point. So now I got drums and I got a rough guitar. Um, I think another important lesson, not, not to derail this, but is to know exactly the tones that you're shooting for. Um, so when someone says, I want something that sounds like whatever Led Zeppelin, you know, or, or something like that, you know exactly what to sh- to get as far as your tones. Like, because that could be, I think that's what's helped me throughout the years, really streamline the process. Like, instead of sitting there going through every single drum set and finding that snare, or is this good rooms? you know, is that a good sound? Like, you know exactly what you're looking for.
0: Do you keep so a notebook of those things so that when you know that you're doing something that's like a, a Zeppelin thing that you can go back and go okay last time i did zeppelin i love the drums and here's what i use or yeah. is it all upstairs in your? no nah, it's notch? usually
1: all upstairs like i i there might be a couple times i might use a template but usually i just know you know the sound i want to get you know what amp that i'm going to try to pull from as far as the guitarist like you know and if it's not then i'll research it like i did i did a uh, like a track that was um in the in, in the, it like boston right so mm-hmm. then i actually found a Kemper profile of a Rockman loaded that up <laughs> you know and I sat and put some acoustic and it had some 70s drums and sound le- totally legit you know so it's it's knowing that he used a Rockman right so yeah. you know if not you'd be spinning kind of your wheels trying to find that sound
0: I'm surprised a guy as young as yourself actually knows what the Rockman is because man oh man <laughs> at the time when that thing came out it was earth shattering yeah wow yeah Here, here's something the size of Two packs of cigarettes you can plug a guitar into it and sound yeah. like a wall full of amps. Here's a,
1: tip, here's a tip that I just heard, and I don't know if it's I think it's true. Def Leopard's hysteria album, he used he made them use a Rockman for that. Wow. The guitar tones. Because that it had a had a limited, you know, fidelity as far as yeah. and he and that amp, that sound is exactly what he wanted to fill in that space, frequency space. And I don't know if that's true, but it's amazing if it I is. wonder
0: if people ever took the output from the Rockman and plugged it into like a stack of Marshalls, you know, go for uh, twice the fun. Um, (laughs) So when you mix, let's say you've laid down your tracks and it's a guitar centric basic kind of rock cue um, and you mix, is there any difference in the style of mixing that you employ, uh, you know, for cues versus what you might do for a record?
1: Not really. I mean, I start with the drums, um, trying to get the relationship of uh, levels and try to just do a, a level mix, right? So then you get your drums kind of going and then you level your bass, guitars, anything else you got going. and just kind of get a straight static mix. And at that point, try to dial in the guitars and, and the you know notch out frequencies for the bass and drums. A lot of times I'll bust a lot of things. Like if I'm doing a lot of guitar work with different tracks, instead of like just doing one major EQ for every single guitar track, I'll kind of bust them and see if I can get you Know mm. uh, a general EQ for them to, to shape it um, depending on the track, but if it's like four different rhythm tracks playing the same thing, I'll bust them and then I'll just do one EQ move there.
0: Nice. So, it,
1: yeah, yep. So, but it's just and it's also another thing is knowing the frequencies, um, which yeah. I would say is a great thing to learn. Like, if you know that you know I'm, I'm getting this very nasal honky kind of tone where to where to grab that frequency and, and you know notch it out or if my bass is too woofy, you know know to you know that, take the filter and filter it out so you, those things also save time with getting a cue done quicker right instead of trying to figure out and, and mess around with different cues knowing exactly what what one to pull what to do uh, helps too. So. do you uh, use an actual bass yeah yeah oh, okay we got a Fender five string jazz.
0: Nice. Now. I, uh, about I, don't know, I think a month before the road rally, so it was like October, I think, of 2019 when I started thinking about setting up a little home studio. Um, I bought a bass online. I can't even remember the brand, but it, it was a Chinese knockoff of a jazz bass. Okay, and it was like $98. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding, and the thing arrived. And my son-in-law works at Fender, um, and Mm -hmm. and he came over for dinner one night, and he's like, uh, you know, really looking down his nose at it First, you know, it's like, hey, dude, I dropped so many hints that you should get me a great deal on something from Fender, and it didn't materialize, okay? So I shopped abroad, and I found this thing. It's freaking amazing. Is it really? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, again, so far I've only plugged it, you know, like in, in the mower and listened to it in yeah. headphones, but um, the, the frets are microscopically wider than the neck, so they tend to tear up your fingers a yeah. little bit, and I've got to take that and get them sanded off. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, the, the heft the tonality um the neck is super good on the thing the paint job is amazing everything about it even the tuning pegs are like better quality you would expect that they'd be like pop metal pieces of crap and they're not they're actually really good amazing it's amazing what
1: what compared to when i was a teenager what instruments are coming out now you know it really is it's a great time i guess to start out with music
0: um So how did you find, well, first of all, let me tell everybody, no, actually, I'm gonna have you tell them what Composer Catalog does, but um, Keith invented a program. I'm guessing it was born out of your own need to organize your own stuff for film and TVs, you know, for submissions and just organize your catalog. Um, So how did, now tell them what it did, then I'll ask, or what it does, and then I'll ask the question.
1: So I think we all start out with, with an Excel spreadsheet. And uh, we put our our song titles in, and you know the information about it. But it got to the point where it was just unwieldy, like it was just a crazy spreadsheet. And then you're trying to figure out what's, you know, signed, what's not signed, and and what can I pull publisher calls? I need something. What do I have? I got to find it right away. And I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous. It was getting to the point where it was it was too much. So I was like, well, wait a second. I'm I'm a programmer. I could I could probably do something. And uh, a lot of people are great with macros and Excel. I'm not, like, I just, I'm not, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't really hit me. So I was like, all right, so I just started messing around. I programmed a basic, you know, program um, database back end and I showed a couple of our mutual friends, and they're like, this is really good. This is this, this is helpful, You know, I, I I could use this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of is trying to help me out. And they're like, yeah, you should probably sell this. <laughs> I was like, really? I was like. I kind of refined it to the point, um, you know, where it, it kind of, it, it got to the point where I could never stop because I was always thinking of ideas, right? So I'd be like, all right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, And then, you know, six months later, oh yeah, you know, It's oh, a lot better
0: got. than, you know, rather than having some disconnected techie guy yeah. developing that guy who's an
1: actual yes. user yeah.
0: developing is.
1: The and best. I think that's the, not the toot my own horn, but that's the beauty of it because it's made by a composer, right? So we know kind of things that, we want to see and that's why i offer a free trial because everyone has different needs and i'm not saying that this is the end all be all because i know it's not someone has different needs and it's just something it's a tool to help if it helps a composer great you know if if you if it's not your style that's that's cool too you know but it's so it's basically a database system that you enter all your information and it, you know your who wrote it session players publishers that are signed to it John, you know, genres, instruments, keywords, description. You can actually link an audio file to it. The one thing it doesn't do is write to the audio file itself. A lot of people ask me that question. So there's no there's no embedding of the metadata into the file itself. It's a database system. So right. Um, but what happens is then you can spit out reports that that have custom filters. So you can say, okay, show me all the songs that I don't have signed. So then you press a button and it lists everything out. Oh, that's so that's cool publisher z calls and says hey i need heavy metal you know I, i'll set up my filters and and show see what i have that's available um and there's different uh you can export all the information so if, if you want to try to you know throw it into a, a, you know, a lot of times publishers have requirements as far as metadata and stuff like that you can just kind of export it and copy and paste it into their their uh, paper, paperwork and stuff like that so it's uh it really it, it's and the nice thing about it is i'm always uh improving it like so i've yeah. already had four major free updates that you now hasn't cost anybody but you know there's now track profiles where you can set up say i always work with custom with publisher a i'll set up this profile of publisher a so anytime i add a new track i'll just attach it to publisher and i don't have to retype all that information in so oh, and, uh, yeah it's, it's pretty cool and i get a lot of feedback from composers and nice. i take that feedback and whatever you know i can do to help it i'll just programming in Uh, that's the best
0: part is rather than developing it you know if you worked at a company and they were building software for their customers uh, they're a little bit closed off you're right in the thick of things man you know through all your friends and you've got many you know in the taxi community that are using composer catalogs so the feedback loop is wide and instantaneous
1: yeah One one thing that I need to kind of juggle is there's a lot of people that ask for taxi-specific stuff. It's like, hey, I'd like to know what I submitted. I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that, but I can add a custom track status, which you can make up a track status and say, I I entered song A and my track status, I just made up one called forwarded taxi, right? Mm -hmm. So you can make whatever you want up. My goal is to kind of make it universal so someone you know can use it if they're taxi or not taxi. But if you are taxi, you can create these you know, custom statuses where now you can keep track of your forwards, you know, or your submissions, anything, you know.
0: Yeah, and if you don't belong to Taxi, you're a loser anyway, so you probably right. don't. <laughs> I'm Why Please don't send emails. <laughs> I just can't pass up an opportunity for a little jab there every now and then. But, you know, it's uh, we've tried to build some of that functionality into the Taxi 2.0 in the back end of, of our online thing that, um more functionality for members not stuff that composer catalog does but as far as like forwards in returns yeah. and, and things like that and building a little internal network uh of your friends other taxi members because yeah. the, the yeah. community is so strong that we wanted to connect the community in ways that would help the community members become better uh, with their musical endeavors but we also didn't want to try and be facebook yeah yeah. it's like we're still a music company right yeah (laughs) first and
1: foremost but Um, even even uh the forums we always talk about the forums how incredible they are you know that's and that's again if no one's on the forums, they really should be because it's an incredible tool to guide you as far as i think we all started there with hey you know how come i got this return because it i thought it sounded great like well no because this this and this and that's how you learn you know so it's an incredible tool and thank
0: you for bringing that up. And if I may add to that, the, uh, first of all, it's at forums.taxi.com, Forums of the nest. An and I see it as like a living document, whereas um, you know, social media is very ephemeral. It's like here in the moment, yeah. maybe here for 15 minutes or maybe even half a day or something, depending on kind of how many friends and people you're following, blah, blah, blah. The forum is a permanent record. Yeah. That over time just keeps getting better and better. And I've noticed yeah. that the guys like you who contribute to the forum, it's like in the beginning, you start out asking questions. right? Yeah. And then at some point, you've gained a head of steam and you've got stuff pretty dialed in. And then you're the person or persons answering the question. Yeah. And it just doesn't get any better than that. It's yeah. not you know some big you know, cheese up in the sky. It's yeah. other people like you and... Much like the Road Rally, the, the community, the willingness to help and, and kind of the um, lack of competitive spirit yeah. is just, I don't that, know how that, that happened, but I'm happy. That is, it. A, that
1: is a beautiful thing about the rally and the forum, but it's just like, uh, I've done a couple of the uh, the mentor sessions I uh, yeah. listen to people's music and it feels so good to, to kind of put them on a path. Right. So like, cause we were all, not, you know, you start out somewhere and you need to, you need that guidance as, as what to do and how to get, how to improve your craft. And it, and it really does feel good to give back. You know, once you kind of have an idea of what you need to do, then you kind of can pass that. And it, it, it is true. Usually it's like a cutthroat thing. Like I don't want to, you know, give my secrets right. away, and, but everyone's, you know, it's amazing. Um, Let's talk about
0: staying current, modern, contemporary, whatever you know adjective you want to use for it. Um, has creating music for media kind of almost to, to order, you know, a library that you've met through Taxi, you've now got a relationship, they reach out to you directly and say, hey Keith, we need XYZ kind of music. Um, I'm sure that you're smart enough if you don't do that kind of music. You have a general understanding, but you don't really know what are the fine points of the yeah. the the melodic structure, the writing style, the production, right. all that stuff, arrangement stuff. Uh, has it helped you stay more current because you're kind of forced into
1: it in a good way? Yeah. You find yourself watching the television shows and instead instead of watching the actual show you're, you're studying the music you know for that genre that you're looking to, to research or you might go online and try to find you know music that that's comparable to what you need to do i just finished up a uh like electronic album and that is it, it's a newer genre for me and um you know so i did a lot of research before i did that and the publisher came back and he was actually very uh very impressed with like the drum sounds you know I, Again, I'm drum, drum, drum centric over here, but like I took a lot of time to really research tones and, and what, what I need to do. And I was actually you know, a little nervous submitting that because it wasn't my bread and butter stuff, you know? But it worked out great and he loved it. So uh, it all worked
0: out, yeah. Um, speaking of watching shows to learn stuff, uh, my wife is a big HE TV fan. Um, And there are a couple shows on HGTV that I actually enjoy. But for the most part, um, it's like, eh, how many times can you watch a kitchen renovation before? (laughs) There's got to be more to life than than that. But uh, there's a show. I actually am not a fan of the show. However, last night, my wife forced me to watch a couple episodes of a show called Hometown on HGTV. Uh, A husband and wife, I believe they live in, like, Mississippi or Alabama, somewhere in the pretty deep south. And, of course, I'm listening to the cues the whole time. And I force my wife, because, you know, it's like, honey, listen to this cue. And she rolls her eyes and we go about our thing. But the cues on that show, both acoustic and electric guitar cues, for anybody watching this episode check out Hometown on HGTV and listen, because almost everything they do is guitar-based. Yeah, And I remember having the thought last night for this type of guitar, this range, because some of it is more rock and electric sounding, um, but not like full-on, you know, like Stack of Marshall's electric, but like a a Strat-Through, an amp with 100 watts and a couple of 12s in it, kind of rock and roll. Uh, And the acoustics of it is just... I, I couldn't freeze frame it fast enough to catch the library at the end and then we wanted to go watch another episode. So I don't know where they got their stuff. But I will tell you, it's some of the best guitar-driven cues that I've ever heard.
1: I'll check it out. Yeah. yeah
0: it's you know Honestly, you popped into my mind. I, I thought to <laughs> myself, I wonder if any of this stuff is Keith. Because I know the style, the general style of your yeah. playing and, and your work. And it did sound like you. So you might've had stuff in there, I don't it's know. Funny, yeah. A lot uh, of
1: times my buddy will call me and be like, hey, I think I just heard you on, cause he, I've, I've been playing with him since like, I was 14. You know, I was like, hey, I think I just heard your stuff on this show. Do you have music on air?" <laughs> yeah, well, it's
0: a good one. And funny enough, the episode was about them uh, renovating a house for a young woman who was from Nashville. But like uh, bought a uh, she must have grown up in their little hometown that's got like a thousand people in it wherever yeah. it is, and so she wanted to buy a house to have as a home there rather than just you know being a, a struggling songwriter in Nashville or whatever. Yeah. At the end of the show, the wife it's a husband and wife team. Um, she's the design lady and he's the woodworking you know construction guy. Uh-huh. Uh, and at the end of the show, they uh, they built her a performance. Place out in the backyard with a little stage and some seating and stuff, which I thought was kind of cute. My wife Good. said, which house do you think she'll go for? And I said, the one where they can put the stage in the yard because there's not a musician alive given the opportunity to have a stage to do like house <laughs> concerts in their backyard that would pass that up. And it was a much smaller house and a much harder, harder house to renovate. And sure enough, she picked it. So at the end of the show, they decided to throw a little music party out there. And oh, the wife cool. who's on the show was actually playing guitar and singing with this wow. woman who's the Nashville songwriter, they were really, really good. I mean, oh like, totally legit. So I was- she'll get,
1: a, she'll get a deal on that next. <laughs> yeah, there
0: you go.
2: Um,
0: so let's talk about deals a little bit. Um, so many people who are new to submitting music to, for film and TV, um, music libraries, for those of you who are new to this, music libraries just means it's a, a film and TV music centric publishing company. Um, And it's not in the same model as traditional publishers that sign writers to a a long-term publishing deal and ban some money every year. They sign pieces of music and often don't give you any money up front for it. Sometimes they do, most of the time they don't. And they take 100% of the publisher's share, you keep 100% of the writer's share. If they place it in a TV show, basically if they make a buck, you're making a buck. So that's the the short version of that. Um, People are afraid. Of submitting their music because they're afraid they're going to get ripped off. Um, Did you ever have any of those feelings when you were first starting out, or had you researched enough to know better?
1: I, in my mind, they were just like I I would. They were so I can make them. I guess quickly. I I was never attached to them, and that's that's another lesson. I think also is they're not your babies. Right. (laughs) Keep them for the best opportunity. You know, just let them go, like uh, like Frozen, right? Let them go. and, and <laughs> <laughs> My daughter, right?
0: I was going to say, how many times have you seen Frozen? <laughs> and does Olivia have the honor dress? We just had to buy one of those for our granddaughter for her upcoming birthday.
1: 80 bucks
0: for an honor dress.
1: Uh, crazy, crazy. Anyway, don't get me started. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like, uh, when you make it, just make another one right? I mean, that that, that was my biggest thing. I was never attached to them. And it's not doesn't mean you you love it any less doesn't mean you put it less time into it, you still make it with the same amount of ability and love, you know, but you're this is what you do. This is your job, right? So if you were a, you know, a a singer songwriter who wanted to, you know, just that's something different. But if you're writing for television and music, write instrumental or, or vocals, just that's that's your job right i mean so understand that this is going to go and you're going to make another one that one's going to go and you're going to make another one you're going to keep on doing this um and and don't get attached to them it's the people that 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 we talk to in the rally you know i've been a, been a member for a year and I, I i submitted four songs nothing's happened you know or four tracks and just keep on submitting. right submit right what's it right submit yeah. forget beat wash rinse, absolutely
0: uh you know I hear this from members a lot. Uh, we all of us on on the staff hear this from members. You know, I've been a taxi member now for nine months, or a year and a half, or two years, yeah. and I'm getting forwards. I've had fourteen things forwarded, and I haven't heard. <laughs> he's laughing already. <laughs> I've had fourteen things forwarded, and I haven't heard from any of these companies. Um, I understand it. It's gotta be frustrating. Your stuff goes out there into the ether and in your mind's eye, there's somebody sitting there going, I can't wait to hear that music from Keith Lubrant. Oh my God, that's the (laughs) best music I've ever heard. I'm gonna call this guy up and Keith, can you make music for everything
1: (laughs) I do? And it's that's not. <laughs> I love the fact that you're laughing. At this. Better yet, I'm going to call him and make sure he listened to it because I'm sure I'm he gonna, loves it. That's so right. He, <laughs> call him up.
0: <laughs> that's right. The <laughs> infamous follow-up call. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to which they're, no, they're like, in their mind's yeah. eye, they're thinking, "Okay, we may have a right. nutball on my hands."
1: And like I said before, it's 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 a long haul, right? So if you think you're going to, you know, get get a lot of uh you know, traction in the first four or five months, it's it's not going to happen. Like it, you know, you get paid nine months later, so that tells you <laughs> what what you have to do as far as building a catalog, and just don't you know don't really judge it in the very beginning. Like, just keep on writing. Like, if this is what you truly want to do, that's part of the job. You know, is is to create the music, and my outlook is it's going to find a home somewhere. There's never going to be a wasted track, right? So. If a publisher said, Hey, now I I can't use that, I'm not gonna be like, Oh, I just waste all that time because there's another publisher that I'm sure is going to be able to use it. It just didn't fit that one, you know, yeah, opportunity.
0: It's not about the music being liked or loved, it's about the music being right for that publisher's client base.
1: Yes, and And even with the listings, I'm sure like you get with people how that fit perfectly. Well, maybe. You got forwarded, but maybe the publisher for what they needed, it just didn't fit. Doesn't mean it's a bad yeah. piece of music; it just didn't fit their needs or, or that music supervi- supervisors' needs. So, you know, I just I just take it with the mentality of nothing's going to be wasted. I'm, I'm going to find a home for something, you know. But it's a great like, like said, Yeah, normally I'm writing for a television show, which is nice, you know. Uh, but in the beginning, that's that was my mentality. Like, I'm just building my catalog, you know. So if if a publisher if I got that forward and I, you know, they signed that song. I said, "Well, here's two more." If they said I don't want them, you know, then I would say, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll find a home for them," you know, and, and I will. So,
0: <laughs> uh, how many pieces do you have in your catalog right now, give or take?
1: Uh, it's I, I don't even know. Um, easily over a thousand. I know I know this that I had at two, in 2012 because I found my my document. I had over thirty-two thousand placements, thirty-two thousand, I guess, drops where they use the music. Wow! And that was, and that that was, was 18, eight years ago. That was eight years ago. So, who knows what it is now? But it just I, kind and, of, and it gets, you
0: know, logarithmically bigger. Right. It's not like right. it's just a multiplier of that. Oh. I mean, it's it, like oh, it's it, got to be it, hundreds I, of thousands.
1: Yeah. I tell the example is like you you have a placement on a show. And then that show obviously gets played, so you keep on making the money there. Maybe that show goes to a different network, you know, or streaming. Or then I've seen a show go onto an XM radio station, you know, so you're making money there. So just that one cue and that one show starts to, you know, matriculate to different spots. And then you, you know, write, keep on writing music, and that it continues to grow like that. So
0: I agree. I, I agree. Uh- going back to what we talked about earlier in this episode, which is it is the greatest 401k. If you've got the ability to make, you don't even have to be an incredible musician, an incredible writer. You just have to understand what the task is and be proficient enough to deliver quality writing and quality material that fits what they're asking for.
1: Yeah. Uh, A couple of things is when you say you're going to, deliver deliver uh, it sounds so stupid but it's so important right so then you have the the publishers trust or the music supervisors trust when I say when I ask Keith I need this by Tuesday I'm going to get it Tuesday you know there was right. a time where I had uh, it was another commercial opportunity where you know the, the publisher had asked me you know can I get something like that and I was actually I have a side cover band that I was at rehearsal. It was at 10 o'clock and you
0: have time for I, a cover
1: band crazy right yeah this is crazy <laughs> so so it was at 10 o'clock we we're finished rehearsal he's like i need it tonight so i was like okay so i came home and i wrote this whole queue and um i sent it to him he was in la time he's like this is perfect would you mind doing something in a different genre for you know something else i'm, I'm like yeah so i, I actually stayed up and, and did that but i but i knew that publisher was going to It was going to work out, right? So he's done well for me before, and we have a great relationship because when he calls me, I know he needs something, right? So, and he knows, I think he realizes I can deliver, you know, or else I wouldn't be getting that call, right? So, when I get that call, I want to make sure that A, I deliver, and B, I deliver on time, you know. So, yeah, I, I, you know, got a couple hours sleep, but I was able to, you know, deliver what he needed. And I think that's an important thing when you're first starting out is saying, you know, a publishers like okay, you know, we're you, a lot of times you, you'll do like an album compilation. I need ten songs like this, you know, and I need it by this. Well, that that in the beginning could could be a little overwhelming, and and there was times where, uh, you know, you're you're down to the wire, but you want to make sure you hit that deadline because if you don't, you know, then a publisher might be like, yeah, I mean, the song's good, but I can get so and so, and he'll get it to me on time. You know? There was times where I just talked to a publisher. Uh, a couple days ago where he was saying i need you know a couple different albums and so and so and i was actually just real with him i said i can get you the albums i can't get you that amount because i have this and he understands you know what i have done but to me it's important for family time and all that like i don't want to be the guy the the father who's never around you know who's always in, in the basement cranking out tunes you know so i was realistic with him and he appreciated that he's like okay and i still I just got the same you know the same job just a little bit less of of the things that i needed to do you know so we both made out that way so that's you know a lot of people will be like "I, i can't i can't say no it's like well i didn't say no i was realistic and i think a music supervisor or a publisher would appreciate that you know as far as you know they say i need two albums by you know in two weeks If you can't make it, just don't say yes and and then hope to God that, you know, you, you, you make it, you know, because I don't think that's the way to do it because you want to build trust. In the beginning, you know, it's great that you make great music, but it's also a business too, right? So you have to have the trust of the publisher, the trust of the music supervisor. When you say something's going to be done, you're going to have a quality, you know, music and it's going to be done on time. So... So I'm glad that you're
0: talking about trust with the publishers because um, for somebody who's new and just starting out at this, they don't know these publishers. You now have relationships with them because you've worked over and over um, for them over a number of years. One of the things that we hear a lot is, how do I know that they're not going to rip me off? How do I know that this contract is fair? Again, I mean, earlier you said, hey, it's a cue. It's it's not like a grand opus. It's not the, the yeah. biggest hit you've ever written. It's a cue. But is your experience that generally speaking, the library owners, specifically the ones you've met through Taxi, because we actually vet them before yeah. we run listings for them, have you found them to be pretty honest, pretty on the up and up, and that the contracts all fall within a range of what I might refer to as reasonable
1: yeah yeah no, absolutely it's a you know in the beginning it probably is a little overwhelming until you start you know it's someone's they, they want the, the publisher share of this you know and then, <laughs> then you start asking your composer friends and it's it's normal you know it's the normal agreement and and it's nothing to be worried about you know and, and if, if you do write the the opus or and it's great and it takes off and you know then. If they use it illegally, then it's still your song, <laughs> you'll make the <Right>. money. <laughs> I would
0: hope that Beyonce would steal my song. <laughs> as long as you had the copyright registered with uh, the Library of Congress, you'd be in pretty good shape, I have a feeling. But yeah, I, I, I my experience is nobody wants, no business owner, no yeah. production music library owner, no publisher, wants to destroy their reputation in the industry over a queue that might make them you know a 100 or 200 or a thousand dollars in its lifetime they're not going to do that they may make a mistake because they're overwhelmed they may forget to send you the email with the contract or they may you know get the title wrong people are human and they make little mistakes every now and then but i've never seen one example in 28 years of running this company where a publisher intentionally tried to steal a piece of music or rip anybody off
1: yeah no i agree i agree and yeah, it's just uh, educate yourself but you know don't go know, know the agreements and and obviously the non-exclusive exclusive know all that and and but it's not rocket science you know you, you figure out what's like you said you vet a lot of the companies through taxi so that's an added layer of security there so you're not like some jim bob in the, you know
0: <laughs> oh no you froze He's frozen. Oh yeah, I
2: just
0: caught up with it. That's- Screaming, streaming is working fine here. Well, it's, it's not working so fine here. So I think we may need to fire the show back up. Um, let me try something here. Um, let me call him, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna... it was
2: on his end, so it's uh,
0: his condition. All right. Um Cobria and just know everybody that we're working on getting this ironed out. Uh, Keith has frozen, and we're not talking about the Disney movie. <laughs> I'm going to let the ladies figure this out. And while we're frozen, check out my new... I got a lava lamp. I can just send him the link again, Bria, doesn't he? okay hi Keith. um you actually froze on the live stream i don't know if you were able to see that yeah if you try the same link it should work no it's frozen yeah and we're
2: not talking about anna and her sister <laughs> hello everyone <laughs> All right, let's see what we got. It
0: was going so well. (laughs) Ah. Oh, wait. Were you able to to rejoin? So the session was full.
1: Okay, give me a sec. Tell him to try. Okay.
0: Okay, we saw you pop up now.
1: Mm-mm. Give me a sec again. Sorry, please hold, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, so is just um, rebooting our connection with the uh, session. So hopefully we can connect with you again. Did you click on the link, though? Yeah, we'll try clicking the link again. Um, Oh, no, here we go. Cool. Thank you. All right,
2: right. cool. Give us a
1: second, guys. I'm just going to add him back into the frame, and then we'll be good to go. Sorry about that. You are ready to roll. Thank you very much. you I was just writing a quick cube. Sorry. I was just writing a quick cube
0: while we were down. <laughs> um, yeah, I was showing off my lava lamp. Uh, <laughs> I've always wanted one. I don't think I've ever owned a lava lamp before. So there we go. Exciting lives that we lead, huh? <laughs> anyway. Um, so where were we? What were we talking about? Um hmm. there we go, excuse me. Uh Michael should be nervous. We just found his replacement. Who's my replacement? Uh oh. Um oh Bria, I gotcha. Um, okay, so uh, anyway, um Oh, yeah. So we were talking about, thank you, uh, Ari just reminded me, we are talking about publishers stealing music, and we, yeah. and we both agreed that, yep. no, you know, um, yep. it just doesn't happen. So uh, we've got about 15 minutes left to go on the show, and at some point uh, towards the end of the show, I want to bring in my biggest fan. Um, her name is <laughs> Olivia. Yeah. Um, there you
1: go.
0: I've known her since birth. We've never actually met in the, the flesh. be the yeah. first time. it be the first time. But I should
1: have he, saw the picture of uh, us watching Taxi TV when she was a baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. That made it into the uh, staff kitchen here at the office <laughs> so that everybody could see it. Um All right, so let's do some Q&A. Um and you've been a great guest by the way. Just Thank to, you. you know. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm I, I I'm grateful that you could do it and I love hanging out with you like yeah. I said to uh, for audience members who don't know or came in late, Keith and I've become friends because yeah. of work and probably mutual respect over the years. Well, and it's nice, you know, it's, uh, that's my little side benefit of running yeah. taxi is that I Absolutely. get to meet people like him and develop friendships. Um, somebody asked earlier, um, how many pieces, uh, How many forwards did you have before you got your first deal? Somebody else I think asked how many pieces, uh, I can't remember, how many forwards? I I personally am not a fan of this math because it's different for everybody. I don't
1: don't think you could do that math, to be honest with you. Um, And that was probably back in 2007, so I would have no idea. (laughs) But I just know that I struck out a lot in the beginning um, because I thought I could do everything, right? So I think the takeaway from that is you can't do everything, you know? So start with your meat and potatoes. You know your your best genres. Kind of try to get them going, and then expand. That was the beautiful thing about taxis. Like I joke about it now, but I was doing you know rock and pop guitar stuff. But then I, I start branching out, and and I I did island cues and I did you know electronic cues, so that I was able to kind of expand. But I wasn't. I was I guess I I knew enough to know that in the beginning. Uh, it wasn't going to happen. I need to do a lot of research as far as what those genres, you know, how, how to pull those genres off, right? So um, that's that's the biggest thing is is the research, I guess, with knowing, if you're going to expand from your meat and potato genres, know what, what those sounds are and those sample sets and pardon me, all, all that kind of stuff.
0: Um, Glenn Johnson just asked, is there ever a time where you just felt like giving up? Um, and if so, how did you push through that?
1: Usually around 12 in, in the morning. I feel like giving up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, um, well, I guess there's times where you feel, for me personally, like you started out playing music for you. And there's times, sometimes where it's like, here's another tension cue. Here's another, so you're that well kind of empties of the original music sense. So that's, this is me personally. And that's why I kind of find myself writing music every seven years or so i'll write an album you know and that refuels that side of things and i can get back to i guess there's like some click, ticking uh ticking clock in my head saying it's, it's time to write music for you for a little bit you know and i'll take for an example i have a project i'm finishing up that's my own stuff that i started seven years ago <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but it tells you the time that i don't have a lot of time to really work on it.
0: So it's on, it I been that, that long since the last album. I remember you sent me that last one. Yeah, Has it yeah. really been seven years?
1: Yep. Yeah. Crazy, right?
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it feels like it was three years ago. I can't believe it's been seven. <laughs> Dear God. No.
1: As far as um, giving up the music, no. Because I think what happens is it gets, you, you get these uh, marks, right? These bars. So the first time I was on, my very first placement was on an MTV show called Sorority Life and it was an emotional time for me because i heard my music on television i was like wow you know so then that got to the point where then i started seeing mute money come in and then it was like wow i got a couple hundred dollars and then it's like, oh here's some more money i got like a thousand and then you start to see the money build and that's kind of like you, you, then the bar kind of gets raised like so what can i do next you know i got a commercial from hot wheels oh great you know can i do you know something like that oh i got was in a movie on TV with the Black Keys. There, that's pretty cool, you know. So you get these little things that that happen, and kind of keeps you going, you know. And the biggest thing for me is, if you feel like giving up, go to the rally. And I'm not endorsing it, but I mean, obviously, yeah. Please do. I am, but for me, I use that for recharging my batteries. Like you're with all these people that that have so much energy that want to do the same thing. Like we as composers are usually in the studio by themselves, right, and and yeah. not talking to anyone. So now you're in this place where everyone's so cool, and and they all have, you know, they're all talking about the same thing. You can all relate. And when I come back from there, it really recharges the batteries to, you know, to keep it going.
0: Anthony uh, Franz wants to know, are you copywriting everything
1: before you submit it? I am not, no. That would would (laughs) That would be quite an ordeal.
0: (laughs) And it's funny because I didn't know this until like three or four years ago, but the vast majority of our members who are making instrumental cues, which are basically 60 second to two minute pieces of instrumental music that are not structured like songs, they don't bother to copyright or register the copyrights because ultimately the publishers that are going to pick them up are going to register them. Right. And the cost and the time expense and everything, it's like, why register it? First of all, they earn pennies. People, one of the wisest people I've ever met in the music industry said to me, the music library business is a penny business. But if you make a lot of music, boy, do those pennies add up. So, So, you know, Copywriting something, registering the copyright for a cue. Yeah. We talked about this a little earlier. So what if somebody steals it? Not that anybody does. I can't say with right. absolute certainty that right. you won't have somebody copy your piece of instrumental music. But you know what? Uh, you know, like a one-four-five blues rock thing. Yeah. You could say, well, that dude's blues rock thing sounds like mine because yeah. we both <laughs> use a one-four-five and we have a lick that's kind of similar with you know a yeah. dirty slide. that stuff is bound to happen. Nobody's stealing it by intent. It's just, you know, kind of uh, generic to the genre, I guess, or endemic of the genre. But, um, there's just, I'm not a music attorney and I'm not giving legal advice. My experience and observation with vast numbers of taxi members, many of whom are very successful in the instrumental cue side of the business, they don't register the copyrights on cues. Yeah.
1: It would would be... For me, it'd be too time-consuming, and it's it, going back again to to letting go of your babies, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you do songs as well? I do, I do. Um, um so I'll, I also sing, and then sometimes I'll I'll, um, you know, either get someone to sing, do a work for hire, or collaborate with somebody and and also do the vocals. A great quick story for that was there was a song I wrote. Uh, my brother actually co-wrote the lyrics to. And I, I sang the song and it really wasn't getting any traction. And then once uh, I got a mutual friend of ours to sing sing on it, um, it got, you know, placed on probably four or five different shows. So what that explains to me is that, it's, you know, it, it's, it's okay. It, it opened the doors to say, okay, like it's, it might cost a little bit money up front for like a work for hire. You know, mm-hmm. but if it's a good song, it's going to get placed, and it will it will come back and, and make a lot more. So, it kind of showed me, uh, you know, I'm not a one stop shop all the time. Sometimes it's better to to go for that other you know voice that fits the genre better, you know, and then that right. way you have a better shot of getting it placed.
0: Um. How often do you make money from sync fees? Somebody just asked that somewhere. Um, Sync fees, by the way, for people that don't know, are the upfront money you get. If somebody wants to license a song or an instrumental piece for a movie or a TV show, most of the time in reality TV, which is where the vast, you know, by far the biggest number of instrumental cues get used, it's extremely rare that you would get a sync fee paid upfront. If you got uh, a song in... Uh, what's the medical show, Uh, uh, the drama? Grey's Anatomy? Grey's Anatomy, I can never remember the name. Oh, yes, the
1: The montage ending.
0: Yes, which aren't that big and popular so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, But if you get something in the montage, the guy's in the hospital bed, he's dying, and the love of his life is watching him slip away, and all these thoughts are going through her head, and the song starts to play, basically filling in what she's yeah. thinking. The lyric is filling in what she's thinking. So that's an example of a song getting used in a montage where there's no dialogue going on. And that would typically pay in like $2,500 to $5,000 yeah. sync fee range for a, a yeah. pretty big TV yeah. show. Um, how many times in your career have you gotten sync fees like that?
1: Um, all. Like the montage, no, um, but I, it might get sync fees like a thousand, maybe two thousand at the most. But it's it's few and far between for me because I don't do a lot of vocal stuff. But um I've I've had I, I always joke around. with uh, I'm like the the jukebox bar guy, right? You know, so I'm I'm the guy that's getting right. played out in the, the jukebox. Yeah. Um, so it always seems to be placed there, but there are other times where I have a nice placement. But it's it's I the majority of my my work is uh, instrumentals, so I, I kind of equate it. To like you have a boatload of instrumentals compared to you know a, a, not as many songs, right so it it could go either way um, I, I think it's nice to have a good balance um for somebody who's just doing vocals. It'd be great to do instrumentals to kind of balance it out, and it's good for some of the instrumentals to if you can't sing or whatever, collaborate with other people and, and try to get that side of things going because you know diversifying and eat more eggs in different baskets and great stuff advice. Like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, there just aren't that many places where you can get right. um, songs used. I mean, might be background source music, meaning that um, it's allegedly coming out of a jukebox, uh, you know, yeah. in a bar scene or something. Yeah. Um, but those are usually one or two or three per episode at most. Uh, yeah. Maybe a montage, you know, uh, at the end of an episode or something. Um, but the vast majority of usages, at least in the world of television, are yeah. instrumental cues in reality TV. They use 75 to 100 per episode Amazing, yeah. ver- versus a drama using three or four songs in an hour. Yeah. So yeah, I would put my money on the same horse you did. Um, speaking of adorable kids, is Olivia in the room with
1: you? She is not, but I, I can. Uh, let me see if I can grab her. Hold on one second. All
0: right. Okay, everybody, he's gone. Let's leave. Just to come back to it like nobody, woo, nobody here. I got to get earbuds with a longer chord. <laughs> uh, Anthony Franz, I'm going to take your question while Keith is grabbing his daughter. Uh, can you be successful without keys and MIDI? Yeah, if you're a guitar player, you could be doing guitar cues. You would certainly open up your uh, possibilities. There hey, we go.
2: Hey. This is Olivia is hi, hi
0: Olivia how are you man this is my you, are... Intern? <laughs> <laughs> you are even I
1: want to surprises.
0: <laughs> you are even prettier than the last picture that I got of you hi you are a gorgeous little
1: girl so one day
2: I wanna play the piano Oh, uh, get the shaker right oh
1: there we do <laughs> oh there you go.
2: You know,
0: really, Olivia, if you start making cues now, by the time you're ready to retire, you'll be a multi-millionaire. Just so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we got to go, okay? You can back upstairs? Yeah. All right, say bye Uncle Mommy. Bye, Liv. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great to see you, kiddo. Thanks for coming down. Say hi to your mom. And how's says? Too bad she's so shy. I already I already so go see Mommy. Somebody just asked if I could play a couple examples of your music, which I'm not going to do on the show because I wanted to get the information out there, but I do want people to hear your music. Um,
1: KeithLubrant.com.
0: Say it again slower.
1: KeithLubrant.com, K-E-I-T-H-L-U-B-R-A-N-T.
0: I once said to Keith many years ago, said, how do you pronounce your last name? He goes, rhymes with Lou Grant. For those of you who are old enough to remember the Mary Tyler Moore show, Lou Grant was her I boss. And ever since then, whenever I say your name to people, I go, rhymes with Lou Grant. I just get a smile. <laughs> I saw that on
1: right? the email and I laughed right. out loud.
0: <laughs> yep, I've never forgot that. That's such a, a great, uh, I don't know what they call it, a mnemonic or something. Um, wow, I-, I am like, I I could go for another hour, but I know that we've got two minutes left here. So let's take one more good question. Um, Or is there anything that we've left out that you'd like to talk about that I haven't bothered to ask yet?
1: No, I just biggest things is, is, you know, don't don't think of them as babies. Keep on writing. Keep on submitting. You know, everything's you're building a catalog, so if you don't get a forward from Taxi or a publisher, it's you're, you're still building your catalog, and and it's a numbers game. And yes. it's you're, you gotta stay in the game in order to, to make traction. So that's, I guess, the, the, the biggest take, takeaways for me.
0: Uh, Nina Harris just posted in the uh, chat room, she said, I'm perplexed by comments that strings and brass don't sound real enough when I splurged on the BBC Orchestra. Can you advise better, better instrument libraries? Um, and I'm not sure if Nina means, and we don't really have time to go get too elaborate on this. But if she means that she actually got the real BBC Orchestra right. to play cues, you know, play um, charge yeah. down a wire, or if she got a library that had the BBC yeah. Orchestra, but it, I go ahead if
1: it is, if it is a library it, it would be all about articulations velocities and making it sound realistic and you know, if you're hitting a note that's at a 127 midi you know the whole entire time it's not going to sound realistic so it's knowing how an orchestra would play the bow what instruments and stuff like that it's just really knowing the the orchestra itself and how the instruments work
0: you know it's amazing how many people get go will spend 800 dollars on yeah. library of, of strings and then forget the violin players don't use a 32 foot long <laughs> 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 that's so true two minutes later <laughs> uh, here's a question does composer catalog work with OS X 10.15 catalina,
1: does catalina any- we're just working on the update and i just got um today i believe the the update that was actually a tough one um so probably in the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll be ready
0: yeah, I've heard a lot of things don't work with Catalina yeah, yet. Crazy. I, I haven't updated because I like my computer just yeah. the way it is. For that. <laughs> it really
1: um, threw it for a loop. So, so a couple of
0: weeks, probably. Um, and where can they learn more about? Or where can, you, can they get the free trial of Composer Catalog?
1: Right. So, if you go to ComposerCatalog.com, uh, you can download the free trial. The only limitation is uh, it's a five-track maximum. So, er- all the other options are open. It's completely open. You can Experiment, see if it's good, good enough for you. Um, I'm also updating it right now with a couple of new free updates. I've, I think I did like three other updates before that. So even if you buy it, doesn't mean it's going to stay the way it is. I'm continually improving on it. So,
0: um, okay. So remember, everybody watching the show, uh, when we go off air or tomorrow, uh, it takes a few minutes for YouTube to actually, excuse me, render the show and get it up on, you know up on YouTube as an archive. Uh, But go in the comment area down below the video and comment your real name. Um, And tomorrow we're gonna, or whenever I said the deadline is, uh, I think midnight tomorrow night, uh, California time, we're gonna shut our eyes, take the flying fickle finger of fate, go up and down the list and go bingo bango. And whoever we pick, we're gonna actually have Keith send you your very own free copy of Composer Catalog. Yeah. People will love it. Um, I, I, you know, Keith turned me onto it while he was still developing it. I was very impressed and he's done a great job. And is, you can tell, he's a a smart guy that a very thoughtful guy, you know, Uh, I'm sure he didn't leave stuff out of it. So with that, I would like to say, thank you, man. You, you were just an amazingly great guest. I I hope to have you back uh, because you've got so much to share and I, Keith, every time I see you post on the forum, you know, when you hit 300 and then one day you posted um, 600 shows and then recently 700, now it's 750 shows. I I literally get a lump in my throat because I know you, I adore you as a person and I'm just so happy that it's worked out well, but it wasn't, not so much luck or coincidence. It's just the way you're wired and who you are and your work ethic and your talent and your family being supportive the whole thing coming together
1: right back at you i I love you too and i love what what your company did um it really opened the doors i couldn't have done it without you so i I, truly from (laughs) bottom of my heart thank you
0: thank you keith um so yeah we'll talk soon continue to do great work uh congratulations on 750 shows using your music that's tremendous um and uh, for having a really cute daughter. She's adorable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, we'll
0: talk soon. Thanks, Keith.
1: All right, take care. Bye, Bye guys. guys.
0: All right, with that, we're going to wrap it up. I will be back next week. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing on the show next week. We will see you then for something truly exciting on another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo! baby. <laughs> 10-4.